Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. Clever hands. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a... Grim Reading! The mother of Hans said, Where away, Hans? Hans answered, To Grattle. Behave well, Hans. Oh, I'll behave well. Goodbye, mother. Goodbye, Hans. Hans comes to Gretel. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. What do you bring that's good? I bring nothing. I want to have something given to me. Gretel presents Hans with a needle. Hans says, Goodbye, Gretel. <laughs> goodbye, Hans. <laughs> I need to, like... Am I having, like, some weird fever dream? I don't, no, what's it's What's going on? It's real. What's happening? So, Hans's mother said, where are you off to? He said, I'm off to see Gretel. Goodbye, bye. He gets to Gretel. Bye. She says, what did you bring me? He said, I didn't bring anything. I want something. She gives him a needle. Thanks, Gretel. Bye, Hans. Bye. That's bye. it. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Strap in, okay? Okay, I'm strapped in. So, she's given him the needle. Hans takes the needle, sticks it into a hay cart, and follows the cart home. Whoa, don't do that. Don't do that famously. It's a terrible thing to do. I need a needle in a haystack. You're never going to find that again. (laughs) Good evening, Mother. Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? With Gretel. What did you take her? Took her nothing. Had something given to me. What did Gretel give you? Gave me a needle. Where is the needle, Hans? Stuck it in the hay cart. That was foolish, Hans. You should have stuck the needle in your sleeve. Yeah, so she agrees with you. That was a silly yeah, thing she to agrees. do. Yeah. Never mind, I'll do better next time. Where away, Hans? To Gretel, Mother. Behave well, Hans. Oh, I'll behave well. Goodbye, Mother. Goodbye, Hans. Hans Adam's face. <laughs> Sorry, Adam's face. What is going on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how... I just don't know, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> Hans comes to Gretel. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. What do you bring that's good? I bring nothing. I want to have something given to me. Gretel presents Hans with a knife. Goodbye, Gretel. <laughs> good- <laughs> goodbye, <laughs> what, Hans. What are these interactions? <laughs> Hans takes the knife, sticks it in his sleeve, and goes home. Good evening, Mother. Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? With Gretel. What did you take her? Took her nothing. She gave me something. What did Gretel give you? Gave me a knife. Where is the knife, Hans? Stuck it in my sleeve. Ah, that's foolish, Hans. You should have put the knife in your pocket. Never mind. We'll do better next time. He says as he bleeds out all (laughs) over the floor. (laughs) Where away, Hans? To Gretel, mother. Behave well, Hans. Oh, I'll behave well. Goodbye, mother. Goodbye, Hans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you seen the film Groundhog Day <laughs> it's because oh dear okay this is starring Bill Murray <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can picture it Hans comes to Gretel good day Gretel good day Hans what good things do you bring I bring nothing I want to have something given me Gretel presents Hans with a young goat goodbye Gretel goodbye Hans Hans takes the goat, ties its legs, and puts it in his pocket. When he gets home, it is suffocated. (laughs) No! Good evening, Mother. Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? With Gretel. What did you take her? Took nothing. She gave me something. What did Gretel give you? She gave me a goat. Where is the goat, Hans? Put it in my pocket. That was foolish, Hans. You should have put a rope around the goat's neck. Never mind, we'll do better next time. <laughs> just, I just... I, are you okay? You've short-circuited. No, You've totally short-circuited, Adam. I just... I'm not coping very well with the story, Matt. <laughs> it's just... What is that? I mean... You get the formula, though, right? Like... I, oh, I get the formula. Oh, I get the formula. <laughs> Don't you worry. I get that. Sorry. Loud and clear. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. All right. So the mum said, you shouldn't have put the goat in your pocket and suffocated it. You should have put yeah. a rope around the goat's neck. And he said, all right, I'll do better next time. Yeah, I'll do that next time. Wear away, Hans. To Gretel, mother. Behave well, Hans. Oh, I'll behave well. Goodbye, mother. Goodbye, Hans. Hans comes to Gretel. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. What good thing do you bring? I bring nothing. I want something given to me. Gretel presents Hans with a piece of bacon. <laughs> oh, he's gonna—he's going to—he's gonna tie yeah. a rope oh, around the bacon's neck. You've got it. You've gotten on. <laughs> and he's gonna walk the bacon home. <laughs> Goodbye, Gretel. Goodbye, Hans. Hans takes the bacon, ties it to a rope, and drags it away behind him. The dogs come and devour the bacon. When he gets home, he has the rope in his hand, and there is no longer anything hanging to it. Good evening, mother. Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? With Gretel. What did you take her? I took her nothing. She gave me something. What did Gretel give you? Gave me a bit of bacon. Where is the bacon, Hans? I tied it to a rope, brought it home. Dogs took it. That was foolish, Hans. You should have carried the bacon on your head. Why should he have carried it on his head? So the dogs What's wrong with his pocket? It. Unhygienic. Imagine him passing all these people. Oh, morning. Is that bloke with bacon on his head? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, but what actually happened was they were like, is that a guy dragging a bit of bacon along the floor? Taking for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. Well, anyway, Hans says, never mind, we'll do better next time. Where away, Hans? To Gretel, mother. Behave well, Hans. I'll behave well. (laughs) Goodbye, mother. Goodbye, Hans. Hans comes to Gretel. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. What good thing do you bring? I bring nothing, but would have something given. Gretel presents Hans with a calf. Goodbye, Gretel. Goodbye, Hans. Okay. Uh oh. Calf Where, on the head. The He's got a calf on the head. <laughs> Hans takes the calf, puts it on his head, and the calf kicks his face. Good evening, mother. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is just a total non sequitur. And the calf kicks his face. Good evening, mother. (laughs) Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? With Gretel. What did you take her? I took nothing, but had something given me. What did Gretel give you? A calf. (laughs) He he looks at her and goes, guess. As there's a calf sat on his head, kicking him in the face. Have a guess, mum. Have a little guess. Just just a wild guess. Yeah, just, just come on. A calf. Where is the calf? <laughs> I set it on my head and it kicked me in the face. Ah, oh, that was foolish, Hans. You should have led the calf and put it in the stall. Never mind. What? We'll do better next time. So what happened to the calf? I don't know. I think it was kicking him in the face, so he just sort of threw it on the floor. He got rid of it. And then it yeah. plies it, sort of got, got away. Yeah, I guess basically the idea is every time he doesn't end up with the thing that he should. So like the hay... The needle, I think, did end in a haystack. Was never found. Yeah. 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 Oh, he brought back the goat. It was just dead. (laughs) The calf calf is gone. No calf. Yeah, the calf. Yeah. yeah. But he's, you know what, Adam? He said, I'll do better next time. Okay. I've heard that before. Where away, Hans? (laughs) We need like a sun rising sound. (laughs) 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 Twelve days later. To Gretel Mother. Behave well, Hans. I'll behave. Goodbye, mother. Goodbye, Hans. <laughs> Do they not get bored of having the same conversation every day? Hans comes to Gretel. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. What good thing do you bring? I bring nothing, but would have something given. Gretel says to Hans, Um, I will go with you. Oh. Hans takes Gretel, ties her to a rope, leads her to the feed rack, and binds her fast. Then Hans goes to his mother. Good evening, mother. Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? With Gretel. What did you take her? I took her nothing. What did Gretel give you? She gave me nothing. She came with me. Where have you left Gretel? I led her by the rope, tied her to the rack, and scattered some grass for her. (sighs) That was foolish, Hans. You should have cast friendly eyes on her. 
<laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> trying to like, are you okay, Hans? <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to look at her with friendly eyes. Are you feeling okay? <laughs> Never mind, we'll do better. Hans went into the stable, cut out all the calves and sheep's eyes and threw them in Gretel's face. Oh no. Then Gretel became angry, tore herself loose and ran away and never became the bride of Hans. The end. You can breathe. I need to decompress you can, after you can that breathe. story. You can breathe. Holy moly. Wow. That was... Um, that happened, didn't it? That happened. Um, That's just happened. Where do I even begin with that? We haven't had something like that before. No, not, not like that. I mean, we've had stories that follow a formula, but not quite to that degree. Present tense, short, yeah. sharp, kind of rhythmic like repetitive yeah. pattern yeah like incredibly repetitive and like consists basically entirely of conversations apart from yeah. just the odd sentence of like hans did this and the rest of it is like mm-hmm. gretel said this hans said that and then this is what his mum said yeah not Very not strange. much characterization it's just like yeah it, it's it's the interactions between the characters it it's hans misunderstanding it's hans being given the yeah. advice and then going through the motions of doing that to something he shouldn't and then just a brief explanation of how that went wrong yeah so so he he's off to see and and it's sort of never stated but i guess implied we we just sort of infer that uh gretel and him are sort of suitors yeah which I mean, uh, I t- you look. <laughs> I I don't know what's going on in your life, Gretel. But <laughs> after he brought you nothing, and you gave him a needle, a knife, yeah. a goat, a uh, bacon, and a pretty calf, good gift. I, w- I wouldn't agree to just go with him to his house. What What are you worried about? Are you thinking that she's been too too generous? She's been far too generous, yeah. and it's a very one sided relationship, <laughs> and ends with her having eyes that have been taken out of livestock and thrown in her face yeah. after she's been tied and given grass to eat yeah. just come on not the best day she's ever had and how big are someone's pockets that they can fit a baby goat in them i'm just that was a question i had that i had to well, ask I, well if we go down that route i think the whole story is going to unravel <laughs> not that it's really stayed together as it is um you know to me it's it obviously it feels like a kind of like a little anecdote a little joke right yeah so maybe if we sort of if we're trying to look at the uh, the plight of the sort of kitchen sink version social realism of yeah. uh, gretel and the unequal wooing it's not you know it doesn't hold up maybe but i i would agree but it sounds like yeah you're not enjoying it as a joke either <sighs> hmm mm. Am I enjoying it as a joke? I, no, I don't think I am. <laughs> no. That is not funny. It's It's got some funny imagery, for sure. Yeah. Like, okay. young guy popping a calf on his head and being kicked in the that's face. Always it's gonna, quite funny. That's always going to be funny. That's it's going to raise a chuckle. <laughs> uh, a man tying a bit of bacon and taking him for a walk. Kind of funny. Always going to be funny. Always. Yeah. Regardless um, of context. young guy... Suffocating a goat in his pocket Less funny That's pretty I'll be honest Pretty funny though Is it That is funny (laughs) What tying up a goat A baby goat And suffocating it in your pocket What a tough crowd (laughs) I know Call me me picky But I always find that funny At the annual fair (laughs) The old dead goat In the pocket Suffocating the goat In the pocket Wow So So Mm. Obviously the story's called Clever Hands We've had clever Elsie before yeah. and clever Gretel. We have. So this is the third in the Clever trilogy. It so <laughs> is. 
third clever story. Third story, which has a character prefixed by the word clever. Yeah. Now, I would say, with that, Adam, I, I've, this occurred to me too. I'll get yeah. ready for tonight. So I'd say Clever Elsie was the fir- it was the first one we did. It, it was, was uh, yeah. episode eighteen for anyone curious. So oh, that's a way way back. back now. Now I'd say that's a humorous story where she's not clever. Exactly what I was thinking. We then had Clever Gretel episode fifty eight. We literally just had that like, a few episodes back. Yeah. A humorous story where the protagonist is very much clever. Was clever, yes. And now we've had clever hands, a humorous tale where the joke is that he's not clever. So, not clever, clever, not clever, but always funny or at least attempting to be funny. Yes. So, absolutely. Either way, you know, clever or not, I suppose the point of having clever in the title is that you're, you know, you're, you're playing around with the idea. It, it signifies that something cheeky is going to take place. No, completely, and this, as you said, this is much more in the vein of uh, Clever Elsie than it is of Clever Gretel, and it yeah. did remind me of that. Just that the sort of like complete idiocy where you can't understand basic things, and that leads to hilarious situations. Exactly, but it, it sort of takes it in a quite abstract direction. I think that that there's portraying someone as not particularly intelligent and then portraying someone with who's so detached from reality that they do the most insane things yeah i see what you're saying yeah it's sort of it's so unreal that it kind of yeah. it stops being funny because it's just it's like you can't relate to it on any level because it's so insane yeah so yeah third clever story second story with hands yes right and we have to go Way back to episode one. Episode one. The very first story, the one that kicked it all off. Do you remember Hands in Luck? Hands in Luck, not especially lucky. And now we have Clever Hands, not especially clever. Ipso facto, if it features a Hands in the title, we can say that he's going to look a bit of a plonker by the end. I think that's a fair assumption, yeah. And this is what Hans got up to after he returned home with his mother. Am I right? Well, I was going to come on to this. I, I guess, for me, it's not clear if this happens when he comes home to his mum or if it happens before he goes away to apprentice We himself. don't know what order it comes in. Oh, that's, no. that's good. Just, yeah, for, for anyone who's confused, yeah, our very first, <laughs> very first episode very first story in our very first episode was a story called hands in luck uh, now i don't know how many people just dip in and out of grim reading you might not have gone back to the beginning uh it's a very different podcast back then i'd say yeah I, we didn't have it all together then it sort of improved That's one so, way of yeah. putting it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so of course you know you can dip in and out of grim reading but we are very much in in the brothers grim grim reading cinematic universe aren't we so there are lots of little sort of uh episodes happening in these characters lives and i think we yeah we've got a new episode in the life of hands on that note we've met gretel again we have gretel is back so are you referring to clever gretel or gretel of hansel and gretel fame or both both my friends both interesting origin story of Gretel. She gets left in the wood, ends up in a witch house, kicks the witch in the kicks oven. Witch. Right. Yeah. Boom. She's traumatized, but she decides to go into a career in the catering industry. She ends up mm-hmm. as a cheeky cook, as we saw in Clever Gretel. Yeah. And now we're seeing hands of hands in luck coming, trying to woo that Gretel unsuccessfully. Interesting. I can see that. Could you... Wouldn't, would it work in another order? Could you slot this one between the two, maybe? We we can put it. We can put this in the middle. This can go in the middle <laughs> okay. if you want. Okay. I kind of feel like because the order that we read them in kind of creates Is how they happen that as well. You're right. Yeah. You're right. No, we've created our narrative where after <laughs> after killing the witch, um, she becomes an adult, goes to work for a wealthy man uh, in the kitchen, yeah, and then now she's. She's back. She's, you know, she's made a life for herself. She's got plenty. She's got needles and knives and goats and stuff. 
and uh, and then this hands bloke yeah. starts wooing her. Yeah. Hello, this is the like slowest creation of a cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> Hansel and Grazel was so long ago. Oh dear. Now, supremely excitingly, Adam, we have three more hands stories coming. <gasps> three more. Three more, my friends. In volume one, so we're only doing volume one at the moment. We've got uh, another story called Hands Married. Mm-hmm. More on that later. Yeah, that'll be coming up. And then in volume two, so once we finish volume one, we'll be moving on to volume two, where we will find the stories, Strong Hands. <laughs> oh, I'm expecting some hijinks there. And Hands My Hedgehog. <laughs> Sorry. What did you just say? Hands My Hedgehog. Hands My Hedgehog. Now, hands there isn't a verb, is it? Because that's what it sounds like to me. Hands <laughs> my hedgehog. Get your hands off my hedgehog. <laughs> hands my hedgehog. No, he's he's now a hedgehog. You did what to my I mean, hedgehog? Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, I'd love... Okay, I don't know how we're going to thread that through narratively. <laughs> if the final instalment, he's a hedgehog. <laughs> well, you're picking the stories, you know. You could pick that yeah, before I mean, strong hands. It's up to obviously, you. Obviously, you dangle... Hands my hedgehog in front of me. I, I'm going to try and grab it. The fate of hands is in your hands, my hedgehog. <laughs> yes. Hands my hedgehog. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, the, the well, saga continues. And if that doesn't whet your appetite for volume two, I don't know what will. When we reach the end of volume one, it's not time to tune off. No. There's volume two, and it includes... Be a fool. Hands my hedgehog. Hands my hedgehog. Is there a comma or is it hands my hedgehog? No. Is it like hands my hedgehog? <laughs> <laughs> and then he like saddles up and he's like, oh, 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 <laughs> I should have gone with the horse. <laughs> well, I guess you'll find out in several years time. So stay tuned for that. I love hands. Oh, dear. German. The story is called Der Gescheiterhans. Der Gescheiterhans. Okay. Which is uh, the, uh, the clever hands, I guess. Oh, Gescheiter. Yeah. Massive shout out to our German language consultant, Lisa Marie, for helping with pronunciation there. She's been giving you tips again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Invaluable <laughs> help, as ever. Now, the Grimms in their notes claim that this story was collected from the mine district, uh, which probably means it came from the Hassam Flug family, which was one of the major sources of their stories. Yep. And it was included way back in their first edition in 1812. Now, in their research, in their notes, they write that they also found a similar story dating back to 1557 and another mm -hmm. story that they found from 1565. So they found similar stories from the 16th century. Now, and in their notes, they actually wrote down the whole story from this 1557 source. So I'm going to share it with you now, oh, wow. Adam. You're going to get to oh. hear a sort of late medieval version of Clever Hands. Oh. Yes, please. Where, if it's possible, things get even more insane okay. <laughs> than we have experienced oh, okay. thus far. I'm glad you've at least sort of forewarned me a little bit. <laughs> Now, this story is taken from a book called Die Garten Gerserschaft. Again, thank you so much to Lisa Marie for helping me with that. Very impressive. Thanks. It was written by a chap called Jacob Frey, or Frey, uh, a poet, playwright, and town clerk in Malmünster. So this is, yeah, this is the story from 1557. It goes as follows. Ooh. In the valley of Geslinger uh, lives a rich widow. Now, she's anxious to get her son married because he's so stupid. <laughs> and he's... What do you do with a stupid <laughs> son, getting married? Well, fortunately, he's fallen in love with this girl that he's seen. And the mother okay. thinks, great, I'm going to get the wedding sorted and just get rid of him. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. So in this one, she decides to go out to get the girl. Interesting. So as she's leaving the house to go to the girl, to get her to marry her, her son... 
She tells her son to look after the house while she's out and specifically don't disturb the goose that's nesting some eggs. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's good advice. Is this is this Chekhov's goose? Am I going to see that goose come back later? No, and that's the last we hear of the goose. <laughs> we'll never hear from it again. Okay, cool. No, no, keep the goose in mind. Seriously. <laughs> no, seriously, the goose is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> on tenterhooks <laughs> everyone is Honestly, listening to this what is going to happen he's seat. in the house with the goose <laughs> with the goose oh. uh, now the door the door closes shut mom's gone <laughs> <laughs> immediately the stupid son goes, goes straight to the goose no no he goes into the cellar and he drinks a load of wine straight out of the cask. <laughs> Home alone! Oh! Time. Um, <laughs> Dancing around in his pants. But while he's like glugging straight out of the cask, the tap breaks off oh, and no. the entire cask floods the cellar. So the cellar is now completely flooded with wine. So he then has the great idea of pouring a huge sack of flour all over the floor to hide the wine spill. <laughs> Genius! <laughs> Soak it up. I make a massive, like, wine cake. <laughs> he then goes back upstairs and is violently sick everywhere because he's drunk so much <laughs> wine. <laughs> this is amazing! <laughs> this is so this good! This is in the Brothers Grimm notes. I love it. No way! The g- so he's upstairs, he's just been sick everywhere. <laughs> the, the, the goose cries caca, caca. and the boy thinks that the goose is saying I will tell about it I will tell about it and so he goes and cuts the goose's head off <gasps> yeah no so he's cut the goose's head off but then he thinks oh no the eggs <laughs> what am I going to do with the eggs <laughs> he's just thought about the eggs <laughs> and he's thinking oh no what am I going to do there's a light bulb moment I know so he sits on the eggs himself to keep uh, them warm. Uh, honestly, I was about to suggest that as a joke. But then, so he's sitting on the eggs, covered in sick and goose blood and wine. But he thinks... This and flour. And flour. But he thinks this isn't quite right. So, um... <laughs> no, there's something wrong with this picture. So he undresses, covers himself in honey... Slashes open the bed and so- rolls in the feathers. Then he goes and sits on the eggs so that the eggs thinks he's a goose. Which is a weird <laughs> sentence. <laughs> so the, the, eggs, the eggs are like... <laughs> and then he comes up like... Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> but then his mother comes home and she knocks on the door. But he doesn't oh. move. And he just sits there and cries... Gaga! <laughs> he's method acting. <laughs> But eventually the mother gets aggressive and she starts banging on the door saying, come on, let me in. So he creeps over to the door and opens it. She's like, what on earth are you doing? What's going on here? The girl, look, son, the girl's coming over like right now for the wedding ceremony. Oh, no. So he like... Qu- for the wedding ceremony? Yeah, 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 it's all sewn up, mate. The wedding's about to happen. Oh, wow. So he rushes off, quickly washes himself and gets dressed again. And then basically it's the same as Clever Hands. The mum says, you know, when the girl gets here, cast good eyes on her. So when the girl arrives, he literally throws sheep eyes at her. She's like, wah, nah, nah. And she leaves. I'm good. Yeah. And it ends. So he was a fool afterwards as he had been a fool before and is still to this day sitting on the young geese to hatch them. I am afraid, however, that if they ever come forth, they will be young fools. God forbid. The end. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Uh, what? Sorry. And that is the end of Die Gartengerseschaft. Gerseschaft. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa Marie, for, all, for butchering I'm sure it's that. entirely accurate. Okay, before I tackle the story, and I believe me, I want to, <laughs> that ending. Yeah. What? Oh, so he's still, he's still there to this day trying to hatch yeah, the eggs. Yeah, five hundred years later. If they later. do hatch, they'll be young fools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be idiots like him. Why? Were th- why are they? What have they done? <laughs> I don't know. Because they've been nursed by a fool. I don't know. That's not how it works. No, they, I mean, with eggs. They didn't know. A, a, they didn't know these oh, things it's medieval back then. Times. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, the past is a foreign country, Adam. They did things differently. That's true. They certainly did. They thought that if you sat on an egg, (laughs) it would be like you are. 
I love that story. Yeah? It's a story of a guy home alone just having the most insane time. I love it. Because it's just like the front door shuts behind yeah. her and he's like, I'm home alone. And it's like, the clock's like... And then it's like... Montage of him yeah. just around the house having fun, glugging wine. And then it just gets insane. Yeah. And then the, the tap breaks off and the music stops. Yeah. And then it all goes downhill. I, I, could, I just thought he was going to try and catch all the wine in his mouth. Yeah. Oh, no. Just inflates like out. a balloon. <laughs> yeah. And I love how when the mum knocks on the door, he just sits there going, Kaka! <laughs> doesn't even answer it. Uh, and I thought, yeah, I thought like when she came back, she was going to come back with the bride. Oh, that would Which she didn't, good. but the bride was on her way. But like, that's a good device. That's yeah. a good device. But it's funny because you said, you know, in, in with Clever Hands and Clever Elsie, perhaps it doesn't work because it's too insane that's what stops it being funny. But here, that doesn't seem to stop it being funny. Do you think no. maybe that's because no one's being hurt in this? It's entirely on him. I don't know why this one just hits at a much more comedic level for me. I think it's the idea of a, someone home alone yeah. <laughs> getting themselves into hijinks. Yeah. It's just very funny. And this, the favourite bit for me is flooding the cellar with wine yeah. Throwing flour there to sort of sort it out. It's like oh, I've, I think I've sorted that out. Made an absolute mess, like yeah. made sort of wine gluey cement in the cellar, and then stumbles upstairs and throws up everywhere. <laughs> that is just oh, that is that is top tier. Perhaps, I love perhaps it. Perhaps why it works is because it, yeah, as you say, it has that home alone element. So there's something you can relate to that that idea of yeah. your home alone and you can do anything. So it takes that thing that we all know. And then just ramps it up and like takes yeah. it to the extreme. And that's why this is funny. Whereas we can't relate to our mum saying, bye Hans. No, exactly. It's so alien. That's too alien. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. We got, we got to the wow. bottom of it. I'm so glad you read that to oh, me. Oh, I'm so I glad. thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm so <laughs> that glad. That was fantastic. And I love it as well because it's like, you know, this is just one little story found in a book by the Brothers Grimm from the 1500s. This is one version. So there's obviously this like huge torrent under the surface of folk stories about this kind of thing. And we just get these yeah. little glimpses of it. And on that note, um, Clever Hands, back to Clever Hands. Forget about the decapitated goose. Okay, I'll try. Clever Hands is actually, despite being quite a simple story in many ways, it's actually a mix of three different ATU types. So it has three different folk narratives in there. So just quickly, um, it's type 1696, what should I have said or done? And that's the whole, you should have done this. So then he goes and does it again, but in the wrong circumstance yeah. with hilarious yeah. consequences. Type 1685, the foolish bridegroom. So that adds on the element of going wooing someone, which isn't necessarily yep. there in the other type. And then finally, it gets its own type, type 1006, casting eyes, which is when you're told to cast eyes and you throw the eyes specifically. And that's a whole yeah, type of itself. big thing. And that was in both the stories we've heard. That was in the medieval one as well. I just read you. Well, actually, on, on that, on the casting of eyes, it's interesting that there is a double meaning there that's present in sort of multiple languages because yeah that there's a double meaning in english but presumably there was in the original yeah. german as well and i feel like perhaps maybe in german or maybe in ye olde english it perhaps had more of a double meaning because now even now that sounds it makes sense but it sounds a little odd yeah it's not language that anyone would really you wouldn't use, say throw they? eyes or cast eyes you wouldn't talk like that so perhaps again it would be more funny if linguistically that was more of a common phrase. That's true. Although I'm thinking, what's the expression used in the, I think perhaps their first hit of uh, the Arctic Monkeys. I bet that you look good on the dance floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he casting his eyes at you? Are still cast, or is it not casting? Oh, it's making. I'm sorry. It's making, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's making. Stop making the eyes at me, I'll stop making the eyes at you. Yeah. Do you think Alex Turner's talking about throwing eyes at each other across a, a Yeah, yeah, floor? yeah, that's exactly what's oh, going I on. I never knew that. Stop throwing my, your eyes at me. <laughs> but that's, yeah, it's it's true. We do have different, you, you can, yeah, you can make eyes. So what I was going to ask was, when you're talking about the ATU types, are you su- suggesting that there are other stories oh, yes. in the, all of these types, including casting eyes? Yes, I am. Woof. The main one of Clever Hands is the what should I have said or done, you know, where it's like you go back and you say the wrong thing. And we've not had any of those. No, yet, we've we? never we've never had that before. But there are loads of them and they're actually great. Oh, arguably better. Um, I found there's Ooh. one from Kashmir I read where a boy ends up offending a funeral cortege, which was quite good. There's <laughs> there's one good. from Norway from Abjornsen and Mo, which is called translated it's called silly matt which <laughs> oh, is silly good matt. Um, <laughs> that is good and there's also an english one an english fairy tale called lazy mm. jack where he goes to town to get a job and uh <laughs> hilarity ensues but i i thought perhaps we could save one of those for our um, patreon only podcast possibly if you're interested we might of course explore one of those elsewhere because i'd love to tell you them all but you know really you get we get the idea we've had two stories and um something else demands our attention adam go on well a few episodes back the three sons of fortune we found out dick whittington was a real life london mayor tom thumb the jury's out but he might be real yeah well, Adam, turns out there was a real clever hands. Okay. <laughs> I cannot wait for you to try and justify this claim. <laughs> this is completely unconnected from the fairy tale. So around the turn of okay. the 20th century, a horse named Clever Hands became famous for his mathematical aptitude. If you search <laughs> Clever Hands on, uh, you know, an online search engine on the interweb, this is what you find. Yes. No one's interested in Clever Hands the fairy tale. They're all interested in Clever Hands the horse, Adam. Okay, okay. So what's this horse doing there? Is it messing around with an abacus or something? Let's find out, shall we? Do you want to know about the story, the history of Clever Hands the German what? horse? <laughs> Obviously, I want to hear about Clever Hands the maths horse. <laughs> well, let's do it then. Let's stop <laughs> wasting time. Come let's on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm beating around the bush here. Clever Hans was owned by a Berlin maths teacher called Wilhelm von Osten. The two of them would travel around Germany, gather crowds, and Osten would show off Hans's talent. Supposedly, Clever Hans the horse had been taught to add, subtract, multiply, divide, work with fractions, and he could tell the time, among many other talents. <laughs> okay. Now, Hans would answer questions by stamping his hoof. So if you asked, for example, what's two times seven, he'd stamp his hoof 14 times. Oh, I see. Uh, to be honest, I think it was quite sophisticated, the sort of almost like language they invented with hands to answer questions. But that's the idea. He stamps his hoof. Yeah, yeah. So he was a magical, wonderful super horse who traveled around Germany wowing crowds. Now, this was all very peculiar and fascinating. So in 1904, Clever Hans was summoned to appear before the Prussian Board of Education... <laughs> 13 people formed the Hans Commission to assess what on earth was going on with this horse. And eventually, they concluded that no trickery was used. They were stumped about what was going on here, the Hans Commission. Wow. At this point, in steps biologist-psychologist Oscar Pfungst. So the the Hans Commission said, we don't understand, there's no trickery here, it's scary and confusing. So they passed on their findings to Funkst and said, he's all yours, you figure out what on earth's going on here with this super horse. Yeah. Now, Funkst then conducted his own experiments, and he agreed that, yes, there really was no cheating going on here. Hans was performing, like, incredible mathematical feats. However, Funkst noted that clever Hans got the answer correct most of the time if the questioner knew the answer if the questioner didn't know the answer, then the horse largely got it wrong. Interesting. He then had this eureka moment, and he concluded that the horse was picking up on unconscious cues from the questioner. So as ha- Clever Hands got closer to the right answer, 
the posture and facial expression of the questioner would change, you know, perhaps getting more tense as he got closer, right. and then they would react when he got the, to the right number. And if you think when he was traveling around Germany, the crowd would get more excited as the horse got closer to the answer, and they'd stop or they'd cheer. Yeah. There'd be a release when he got to the right number. When he got, yeah. and then didn't go any further, sort of, yeah. However, the right. owner... Um, Wilhelm von Osten, he never, uh, he never agreed with this. He said, no, Hans knows, he knows his maths. So the observation that the outcome of a test or the behavior of a subject can be affected by the person carrying out the test, even subconsciously, became known as the clever Hans effect. And it has made quite an impact on how psychological research is carried out today. So this is linked to the observer expectancy effect, whereby, yeah, the expectations of the observer affect how the subject behaves. So nowadays, wow. like, if you're carrying out a psychological or a sociological experiment, you will try to mitigate this, as it might distort your results. Yeah. Uh, I think perhaps the most well-known of this type of uh, psychological phenomena is the Pygmalion effect. So this is the name given for how high expectations lead to high performance and low expectations lead to low performance. So this is used in schools or in the workplace. If a teacher or a manager has a high expectation of someone, they will rise to meet that and therefore and just, confirm yeah. your high expectation and vice versa with low expectations. Sure. Now, apparently this has also been seen in sniffer dogs getting false positive results because they're getting unconscious cues from their handlers. And it also put me in mind of the notorious Stanford prison experiment. So do you know this one? I do know this one, yeah. So it's where half the subjects were guards, half were prisoners, and it infamously had to be stopped because it was getting out of hand, and therefore people are innately evil or something, right? That's the idea. That was the, yeah. But I believe there is criticism along these lines. They, they, the guards believed what was expected of them was to, to, to act sort of capriciously, and, and yeah. That's, that's, a, that's the idea, isn't it? That's the criticism. That it's not some innate evilness is that there's a flaw with the experiment and that's would that would it get referred to as the clever hands effect or is that sort of well i think that there's there's lots of effects from this observer expectancy mm -hmm. idea but the earliest it all goes back i think as far as i'm aware to funkst and his time with clever hands this idea that wow. the observer can affect the subject yeah that's amazing and it also made me think on in another field. It made me think of the measurement problem in quantum physics. I believe there's this thing where in, you know, the subatomic realm, in the quantum realm, we kind of, we know that things must be acting in a certain way. But when you go to measure them, to observe them, they stop acting in that way. Right. So, and this is the issue with quantum mechanics, famously exploited by the sort of Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, it's very similar to Schrodinger's cat, right? That's to do with obs observation. So uh, slightly yeah. uh, outside of, <laughs> of, of <laughs> slightly <laughs> the wacky world of quantum physics isn't our area. But I, it yeah. felt to me related to this, um, yeah, this clever hands effect. Completely. Clever yeah. hands. And this sort of happening in the late 1800s, was the horse named after the Brothers Grimm story, Clever Hands? <sighs> You got to the heart of the matter once again, Adam, as ever. Now, the mm. real question is, yeah, was it named after the story? We don't know. We don't no, know, but I like to think it was. Because it was the end of the 1800s in Prussia, where the yeah. Brothers Grimm uh, ended their days. So probably 20 years after they'd passed away. This story probably would have been quite well known. So, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that's a pretty good chance. Is it confirmed? It's confirmed. I think it's confirmed. Clever Hands the Horse is named after our Clever Hands. That's, that's all I got for you, man. That was a real <laughs> treat. Ah, oh, well. Well, I think things got better after the story, perhaps. 
I think they did. I I was struggling with that story. Yeah. I don't know if we need to sort of are we if you've got nothing else for me I'm on the sort of I'm spent. I'm done. Research, yeah, that's fair enough. I've I've had more than my fill anyway, so I think we should probably move ourselves on to the scores. Well yeah, so I got the impression you you were you weren't feeling it, but I worried that perhaps you weren't getting into the groove of it, and that is because Half the battle of a joke is, or maybe more than that, is, you know, obviously the joke has to be funny, but it's all in the delivery as well. So I was thinking maybe I wasn't delivering that story. I wasn't selling it. So it wasn't as fun as it should have been or as funny as it should have been. Matt, no. Don't be crazy now. It's got nothing to do with you. Okay. It's not you, it's me. I'm a failure. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really strange story. And it was so repetitive and in such a bizarre way, I just couldn't grab hold of it. It did, so, it did sort of temporarily melt my brain a little bit. I witnessed it firsthand. You saw that, right? It was, yeah, it was... It was not pretty. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No. Whereas by the time we got to the uh, older version of the story, I was in the groove. I was loving it. I mean, yeah, the reaction couldn't have been much different, really. Yeah, it was night and day, right? And that's the thing with comedy, I guess, you know, it, it's a fine line or it's it, oh, it, it does a kind is. of there's an elusive magic to what makes something funny. That's quite hard to pin down. It's like alchemy or something. It's like, yeah, exactly. You, you can get all the ingredients right from a delivery point of view. But if the receiver is not in quite the right frame of mind, it disappears in a puff of smoke. Mm. It's as you say, it's very difficult to get all, all of that together. Do you think that was? Do you think um, that was the? Is that what you think happened here? You think you weren't in the right frame of no. mind? You think the story, the, the story was bad. Okay. I think there's something fundamentally wrong <laughs> with the story. Something fundamentally <laughs> wrong with that, Matt. How, having said that, <laughs> I loved it. Nine. <laughs> it's ten, ten out of ten. Um, there are so many funny things about the story. Mm, I mean. Mm-hmm. It was obviously meant to be kind of insane. You know, the imagery of popping a calf on his head, dragging some bacon and shoving a goat in his pocket mm. is funny. Mm. Oh, boy. I, look, I think you're, you're disappointed. And I don't think you need to um, try and rescue it or anything. Okay. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it, I think, you know. Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I didn't hate it by any means. I, And it's not even if I didn't enjoy it. It's that I didn't understand it. <laughs> Do you know what? It just sort of was hitting a brick wall in my brain. Mm. I'm going to give this. I'm gonna, just going to have to go on instinct because it's just it's too difficult otherwise. Instinctively, I'm going to give this a six and a half. Oh, okay. All right. Quite high, I'd say. Considering what you were just trashing it completely. <laughs> You've then <laughs> gone and given it a 6.5. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That that has, that's yeah that's um, taking you by surprise. That's taking me by surprise. I was expecting a lower number. I think I'm going to go lower than that. Definitely. Oh. Um, th- this w- this one all came down to how's Adam going to react, and yeah. as a folk story, as a um, joke, people would tell each other. It really has been under the surface in the the folklore and oral storytelling it has survived we've seen yeah. it at the very least it survived from the 1500s to the 1800s and then to here yeah um i think there is a kernel of something in there that is funny or is enjoyable or that sort of misunderstanding aspect of it can can be funny but this didn't land tonight <laughs> maybe yeah. this this grim one <laughs> wasn't the best example of one of these types of stories so yeah, I think I'm going to go lower. I think I'm going to go. I was thinking about a five. I I think it, it really trashing it, it. Well, it makes me sad because I like you know it's hands. We've met hands again. It takes us I all know. the way back to our roots. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go five. I think I'll go straight down the line. Okay. Five. Straight down the middle. Yeah. So what's that? Eleven point five out of twenty. An eleven point five out of twenty. Fairly low. Oh man, I mean, I feel this is this is a repeat of the the Godfather. I feel like it's one that's been hyped. It's one people are looking forward to. Yeah. And as ever, because we've no idea what's coming, that's <laughs> very disappointing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hey, that's Grim Reedick. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Eleven eleven point five. I think that's fitting. Yeah. For for what it is, that's what it gets. 
for what it is, that's what it gets. <laughs> that's close to being a good sort of quote, but not quite. Adam Field. <laughs> for what it is, that's what it gets. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's one that, if you don't think about it too much, it sounds pretty good. Well, as we are reaching the end of the current cycle of stories, and indeed coming towards the end of Series 3 itself of the podcast, the next story we're going to hear on the podcast is going to be another patron-chosen story. We ran a poll, the poll is now closed, the results are in, and we now know what the next story is going to be. We do. So, without further ado, Mm. the next story we're going to hear on the podcast is... With 76% of the votes beating the little peasant, it's Hans married. Yeah! We've had clever Hans. He's going to be married. <laughs> Probably not to Gretel. No, I think we know it's not Gretel. She dodged a bullet. <laughs> she dodged a few eyes as well, hopefully. <laughs> Who's he going to lock down? We'll find out next in. time. I cannot Oh, it's wait. so exciting. Honestly, <laughs> we're going to see who he does marry. He failed this time. Could it be that he's not married, according to your theory? Clever hands, not clever. Yeah. Hands and luck, not lucky. Hands married, maybe not. Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's to stay tuned to Grim Reading. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe. It's smooth. (laughs) Thank you. I've been working on that. So, So slick. Yeah, that is very exciting. I also think the plan is to have that episode out next week. So you'll only have to wait one week for that, not two. That's exciting. That's the idea. That's the plan anyway. Well, once you've got a little bit of taste for hands, you just want to find out what happens more. next. It's a massive hands cliffhanger. So, yeah. So, yeah. Only a week. We'll see you then next week for the penultimate episode of the series before we finish off with Snow White. I'll see you at the wedding, Adam. I'll see you then. Don't go casting your eyes at me, okay? And if you accidentally break the tap on the wine cask at the wedding, just ask for help. Okay, don't panic. Ju- don't do I've anything got flour, silly. I've got flour. No, no, I've got no. flour. I've got no, flour. Put, put the flour fine. down. I've got it covered. I've got it flour covered. Down. Okay, all right. I better get out of here. Oh, hell. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to oh, be sick. No. All right, I'm off. <laughs> See you later. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. <laughs>